What we're going to do today, I'm going to continue our series that Sam started a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to preach for a little bit, and then we're going to go right into worship from there, and uh, I think you'll see uh, that it's a pretty pretty good uh, segue into that. So uh, let me pray, and then we'll jump in. <clears throat> Lord, we we love you and we love the way you love us. We love the way that you're moving in your church and in your people in these days. We've prayed. We've asked for this for so long. You're so faithful. You're so good. You're so generous. We feel your kindness in these days. We simply ask for more. We want more. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of the things that I'm going to uh, talk about today, you will think um, that I have been um, reading your mail or hiding in your house. Um, I have not. I've just been looking in the mirror. Okay, so... Today, we're going to talk about rest versus exhaustion. Rest versus exhaustion. Healthcare experts have identified seven types of rest. I think we're going to show them here on the screen. Uh, So physical rest, mental rest, social rest, spiritual rest, sensory rest, emotional rest, creative rest. All of these are different kinds of rests that we need uh, to be healthy and, and to really be Uh, able to function well. Uh, We often think that all we need is physical rest. And so we think, if I could just sleep more, I would be great. And maybe you do need to sleep more. Um, But how many times have you gotten a good eight hours of sleep and then you woke up the next day and and things weren't really that much different? Uh, You got exhausted quickly. Uh, Sandra Dalton-Smith created a quiz. We're going to put a QR code up on those screen, and you can actually download this. It's free, and you can take this quiz, and it will tell you where you are, where you have a rest deficit, and I would encourage you to do this. Uh, I I took it, and uh, it's fairly interesting, uh, the results, so look into that. Uh, As most of you know, I I love spiritual disciplines. Uh, It's kind of my wheelhouse. i I think it's interesting to look at spiritual disciplines that have been recognized by the early church fathers and practiced by followers of Jesus for hundreds of years and notice how the different spiritual disciplines that we have actually provide rest in these different areas that we need rest. For instance, physical rest can be incredibly helped through fasting, Uh, through keeping a Sabbath, uh, through silence and solitude, through walking in nature. All of these, being aware of nature. I don't know if how many of you know that this being in nature is actually a spiritual discipline, observing and just viewing and taking in the beauty of God's creation. Uh, For mental rest, uh, things like listening prayer, reading scripture, uh, being quiet, for a social, social rest, uh, solitude, which is for some people uh, 
the sweet spot, the thing that you love. And for other people, it scares you to death to be by yourself. Uh, but, but being alone in the presence of God will provide you social rest because you will learn to depend on him rather than depending on having people around you all the time. For spiritual rest, obviously things like worship, scripture study, prayer. Uh, for sensory rest, again, silence and solitude and reflection. For emotional rest, things like confession, friendship, fellowship. And for creative rest, again, being in nature. Now listen, when I say be in nature, being in nature, let me give you some rules for being in nature. I don't mean walking on Kennesaw Mountain with your earbuds in and music blaring. Now, I love worship music as much as anyone, but when you want to be in nature, you need to turn off things. You need to unplug. God has put birds in the trees to provide the music, y'all. So take out the earbuds and go for a walk in nature. Now, can you run or walk with earbuds? Yes. If, if that's what, you know, if you're doing it for exercise or if you just want to go worship, fine. But if you want to be in nature, be in nature. Okay. All right. So that's the end of my rant. <clears throat> the Bible has a lot to say about rest. Uh, Genesis, we're going to throw some scriptures up here on the screen. Um, Genesis 2, 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. In Exodus 20, verses 8 through 10, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Exodus thirty-three fourteen, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Mark 6, 31 and 32. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Hebrews 4, uh, 9 through 11, Sam referred to this a couple of weeks back when he was talking about Sabbath, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Matthew 11 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but the world is exhausted. The world is exhausted. Everybody's busy, plates are full, we do too much, and then we go home to veg. And we fall into bed hoping to get enough rest to make it through another day. And you add to our busyness the enormous amount of stress and anxiety that this generation carries, and you have a classic recipe for burnout. Angela Neal Barnett, who's a psychology professor at Kent State, said, when you're anxious all the time, it really saps your energy. On February the 7th, I wrote this. Uh, I was just making some notes, actually preparing for today. I'm making some notes, and, and I wrote this down. People are disengaged, losing the ability to show or have empathy. We've lived in a bad world so long, people can't imagine things getting better. And then I ran across this quote by Kylie Cyrus, who's a doctor of psychiatry and professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. I wonder where people are getting their hope from. I wonder where people are getting their hope from. And then... On February the 8th, so that was February the 7th, I wrote those notes. On February the 8th, God showed up at Asbury. In one of the kindest, most powerful ways I could imagine. Over the last three years, we have been forced to think about things that we used to not think about. We've been forced to think, can I go to church? Can I go to school? Can I go to work? Can I go to the grocery store? Not will I go, can I go? Routine activities have required critical thinking and normal decisions and activities seem to have taken on greater consequence. Through the pandemic, and the forced isolation, people were forced to become more self-protective. And when we're self-protective, the result is that we become less trusting and more selfish. And all of this is causing our very souls to cry out for rest. So we fall into bed. We turn on Netflix and we reach for our phone. I read an article a couple of weeks ago and it said, exhaustion is our sign for the need of rest. No, it's not. It's not. Exhaustion is the multi-level alarm that we have neglected rest for too long. There have been signs all along the way. There have been signs that we need rest all along the road, primary among them. On the seventh day, he rested. If you go continuously, continuously, continuously without carving out significant time 
to rest, to be intentional about a Sabbath, what you're actually saying is, I'm better than God. I can do this. I can go longer than him. On the seventh day, he rested. Dallas Willard famously said, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So let me just ask you, how, how is your soul today? How's your heart? How's your innermost being today? See, we, we have an outer life and we have an inner life and, and our outer life is supposed to be governed by our inner life. But unfortunately, what, what I see in a lot of the world today is that the inner life is smothered by the outer life. My brother John and I uh, described this current move of God this way. He said, to the generation of anxiety, God is giving a revival of peace. Dallas Willard again said this, our soul is like a stream of water, which gives strength, direction, and harmony to every other area of our life. When that stream is as it should be, we are constantly refreshed and exuberant in all we do because our soul itself is then profusely rooted in the vastness of God and his kingdom, including nature and all else within us is enlivened and directed by that stream. The inner life, the soul life, the spiritual life is the real life and everything else emanates from our soul life. When the soul is connected, when the soul is connected, deeply connected with God, you can live at peace even when you live in chaos. We are made by God. We are made for God. He places on the earth as the object of his affection. And we are at our best when we are deeply connected to him. So let, let me give you a recipe, a quick recipe for rest. Number one is connect. Jesus said, come to me and learn from me. We're, we are not made to be self-sufficient. So just give up. The question we asked that was asked earlier, I wonder where people are getting their hope from. Our hope comes from Jesus. Lean into him. Stop leaning away. Stop trying to compartmentalize your life into secular and social and spiritual and just give him the whole thing. Surrender. Just give up and give all of your being to him. Connect. Second, Sabbath. Believe that God was for us when he said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. He didn't give us that to punish us. He gave us that to help us. We were, some of the staff and I were at the New Room Conference last year and the, uh, Dr. Matthew Sleeth spoke. And he said this about Sabbath. 
In creation, God called light, land, water, vegetation, birds, and animals good. He called men and women very good. He called rest holy. Take the call to Sabbath seriously in your life. Set time aside to go deeper with Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit into every part of you, every part of your life. Number three, pray. My pastor told me 46 years ago, you can rest more in one hour of true prayer than eight hours of sleep. I was not the best student. Uh, In high school, it was because I played a lot. In college, it was because I played a lot in high school. And so I didn't learn how to study. And I got to college and I started taking tests and these scores were coming back and I was like, whoa, I bet 32 on a history test is not good. And I had to learn how to study and I had just become a believer. And, And I had been told the secret of prayer. And I thought, I wonder if that will work. And I was on academic probation after my first semester. And so I started this pattern of if I had four hours of studying to do, I prayed for an hour and then studied for three. And for the rest of my college days, I made the dean's list. Not because I got smarter, y'all, but because I got connected. Prayer, cultivate a life of prayer. God is the refresher. Talk to him. Even better, listen to him. Jesus said, come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're burdened, and I will give you rest. And then number four, worship. Worship your creator. Gaze upon his beauty. Notice his creation. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Ecclesiastes 3, 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Whatever it takes for you to connect with God, do it. Get beyond the surface. Stop living in the minimum. Stop waiting and kicking around in the shallow end. God has more for you. He doesn't want you to live in a life of fear. He doesn't want you to live a life of anxiety. He has created you for fellowship with him a life-giving relationship that not only changes you, will change every person you come in contact with. 
worship. He's worth it. We're gonna move now. I'm gonna ask the band to come up. We're gonna move into a, a time of worship. And I wanna say this um, about worship because I know we, we enjoy worship. As, as a church, worship is, is important to us. We engage it. We embrace it. Um, I want to say today that if, maybe you do this all the time, but if you don't, I want you to approach worship today slightly different. It's just a little differently than maybe is the norm. This is not for you. This is your gift to him. If you need to think about that for a minute before you stand up and, and engage, think about it. This is your gift to him. Offer yourself to him today in worship. This is our offering. Let's stand together. Jesus, oh. <laughs> there are a lot of things that we need. There are a lot of things that, that we want. There are requests that we would make. But right now, we just want to shove everything that we need to the side. And we want to say, this is from us to you. This is from us to you.